Any student of history knows that civilizations have a lifespan. Nations don't last forever. And so just as human beings have a different lifespans, some live till 30, some live to 60, some live to 90 years old, so is the case with civilizations. The Roman Empire, one of the most powerful, important civilizations, you know, it lasted a thousand years. America is not yet 250 years old. Hopefully it lasts as long, please God, longer than the Roman Empire. But just because it's the mighty U of S A, US of A, there's no guarantee that it will. As it was with the Roman Empire, typically the thing that causes the demise of a given civilization is the loosening and eventually breakdown of the moral framework. A, a nation, a civilization, simply can't sustain under the collapse of a moral foundation. And we see that it's going on here in the first reading. We find ourselves in the book of Jonah. In the first reading, Jonah is asked by God to go to Nineveh. Nineveh is a city, the greatest city the world has ever seen, the biggest, baddest city. It was, it was a cultural powerhouse. It was an economic powerhouse, military powerhouse. And it was also a city, a nation that had grown corrupt, wicked. It was a violence to society. It slaughtered helpless people. There was rampant moral decay, sexual immorality, hate. And because of all of that going on in that given city, nation, they were on the verge of ruin. The stakes were high. And then something happened. Nineveh as a nation changed. The culture shifted. Things turned around. And it happened through one person, Jonah. God turned Jonah into a city changer, a world changer. Jonah was called by God for a particular mission to go to Nineveh to preach repentance, and that's what we just heard in this chapter 3 of the book of Jonah. And the people repented. But before that happened, what we don't hear in this reading, we're in chapter 3 here, what we don't hear is what happened before Jonah became a city changer, before he became a world changer. Before that, Jonah had to learn three important lessons. And as Jonah is sent, you and I are sent. What, what it means to be a Christian is to be sent. Christians are meant to be agents of transformation within the culture. Jesus stressed that over and over and over again saying that you're salt to the world. And if you lose your salt, if you don't effect change, he didn't have kind words for his disciples, if that's the case. And because we're called to be city changers, world changers as Christians, it's important here that we listen up to these lessons that Jonah had to learn in order for him to become a city changer, a world changer. Jonah had to first learn that running from God always creates a mess. Secondly, he had to learn about repentance. And thirdly, Jonah had to learn about God's pursuit. So this first lesson, Jonah had to learn that running from God always creates a mess. To say that Jonah ran from God is a gross understatement. (laughs) 
we hear in chapter 3 here, verse 1, began and said, the word of the Lord came to, to Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach repentance. And then this line was, so Jonah made ready and went to Nineveh. We don't hear what happened in, first, in chapter 1. This isn't the first time the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The first time the word of the Lord came to Jonah in chapter 1, Jonah didn't go to Nineveh. Jonah went the exact opposite direction. Jonah's in Israel. God called him to go to Nineveh, which is 500 miles to the east, current day Iraq. Jonah didn't go 500 miles to the east. He went 2,500 miles the other direction to Tarshish, which is current day Spain. So in other words, Jonah couldn't have run in a more complete opposite direction than what God has called him to. And Jonah was a religious man. He was a prophet. He knew what he was supposed to do, and yet he didn't do it. And running from God biblically, when the Bible talks about one running from God, it's a code word for sin. It's not doing what one is supposed to do. And that's in Jonah, and it's in you and me. You know for a certain fact that there are things you know that if you did them, you know that it would be good for you. It'd be healthy for you. It'd be good for your marriage, good for your family, good for your career, good for you as a student. And even knowing that, you don't do it. You know that there are things that are bad for you, unhealthy for you. Bad for your marriage, bad for your family, bad for you as a student, bad for you for your career, that create a mess for you. And knowing that, you still do it. Because of sin that's in us, that's part of our... That, that's, the disordered nature in us because of the fall. That's running from God. It's not doing what we're supposed to do. It's missing the mark. It's sin. And when we do that, when we do this, we learn quickly what Jonah learned, the lesson that Jonah had to learn, that running from God, not doing what we're supposed to do, it creates a mess always. Jonah running the opposite direction, not going to Nineveh, but going to Tarshish. It wasn't good for Nineveh. The city didn't get any better. It got worse because he wasn't doing the mission that he was called to by God. Fleeing, not doing what he was supposed to do certainly wasn't good for Jonah. This mission that he had, what he was made for, what he was created for, he didn't do. And it caused havoc in his life because he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. What happened when Jonah set out for Tarshish? A storm came. His life was then at jeopardy. And not only was Jonah's life at jeopardy, but all of those around him was at jeopardy. All those members on the crew, on the boat, because Jonah wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, because he was running from God. That's always the case. When we run from God, when we're not doing what we're supposed to do, when we disobey God, storms, trouble will always find us. Always. And I think we have a tendency to think, well, running from God, Jonah was this prophet. He had this great mission. Sure, he ran. But it's not just big stuff. It's important for us to think here, bring it really small, that running from God, not doing what we're supposed to do, we're talking daily, a daily basis type of things. Not like running from God is reaching, at the end of the day, running from God is reaching for my phone rather than my homework. Or reaching for my phone rather than my responsibilities that I'm supposed to do. 
Who does that create a mess for? Certainly it creates a mess for me. You're not portraying yourself, or you know that you're portraying yourself. When you procrastinate, what happens? Anxiety comes, it gets worse. You're not proud of yourself. And it's not just creating a mess for me. If we do it long enough for an extended period of time, it creates a mess for those around us, our family, our work. So if we don't do what we're supposed to do, if we run from God, if we disobey God, things get worse. There's more of a mess for myself, for my family, for my nation, for America. So Jonah had to learn this lesson. Second lesson Jonah had to learn, Jonah had to learn about repentance. Before Jonah could preach repentance to a nation, he had to learn repentance himself because he didn't know it. The most surprising chapter probably in the entire Bible comes right after this section that we just read for our first reading. We end at the end of chapter 3 where we just heard everything went as it was supposed to go. God sent Jonah to preach repentance. That's what he did. And guess what happened? The people repented. That's what we just heard. One would think then, the beginning of chapter 4, is that Jonah would be elated. Any preacher who preaches repentance would want the people he preaches to to repent. That's what happens. And Jonah does, he's not elated. In chapter 4, verse 1, Jonah screams out in anger towards God and says, says to God, I knew this was going to happen. I knew you were a merciful and just God and gracious. I knew you were going to relent from your anger if I went to preach to them, so that's why I ran the other direction. That's what Jonah says in chapter 4. In other words, Jonah wanted Nineveh destroyed. Jonah hated the Ninevites. At the root of Jonah's disobedience is what the Bible calls self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is the need to feel superior over another. Because of sin, because of the fall, we all have this deep pull within us, deep within this desire, this longing to feel better than other people, to be, to be seen and to feel superior to them. The more people we feel better than, the better we feel about ourselves. That's what self-righteousness is. And that's deadly for life. It's deadly for the mission that we're called on if we have that in us, if we have self-righteousness. It's crippling to it. And the thing is, we can take, because of how twisted our nature is, we can take anything any particular thing and make ourselves feel superior over someone else. That's what Jonah was doing to the, Ninev- to the Ninevites. For him, he was, had this sense of feeling moral, morally superior than others. And because of the climate we're in, with the news and just the camps drawn, with social media, it can, it can, we can feel more superior or self-righteous in any situation. I wear a mask. So I feel superior to people who don't wear a mask. I don't wear a mask. Those pathetic, unenlightened people who do wear one are looking down and feeling superior to all those people who voted for the other person, whoever that was. Those unenlightened idiots. 
That's not to say those things don't matter. They're significant. But the question is, interiorly, am I self-righteous? Do I feel superior over another person? Over and over and over again, Jesus rails on this. He rails on this even to to religious people, the scribes and Pharisees, because they were self-righteous. If I think I'm superior to anyone, ultimately it means that I don't know that God's grace, that his salvation is a free gift. That I think in some way that that I've earned it. We can't earn it. And at the seedbed of self-righteousness is some thought of that. We haven't earned it. We can't earn it of what he did for us on the cross. And so therefore, at the end of the day, we're not, more, we're not superior or better than anybody. If not, it's self-righteousness. And Jonah had to learn this because Jonah was self-righteous and it blocked the grace. And he couldn't go to Nineveh and preach repentance because he didn't know repentance himself. He couldn't offer them grace because he didn't know grace himself. third lesson here that Jonah had to learn real quick. Jonah had to learn about God's pursuit. And to be sure all of us in here have that tendency for the, self, the self-righteous, but there's some of us here, or maybe even more so on the other end, that maybe we feel deep down, even in this church this morning, that we feel along the lines with Jonah of running the extent that Jonah ran from God. It's like, I, I haven't run, like, it's not 500 miles this way. Like, I feel like, Jonah, that I've gone 2,500 miles the complete opposite direction from God. I have run from God in a big way, or I'm currently am, even in this church right now. I know I'm doing things that I'm not supposed to do, and I'm running from God right now. If that's us today, learn the lesson that Jonah learned, that you can run from God, but God relentlessly pursues When he was headed 2,500 miles in the other direction, disobeying God, running from him, not doing what he was supposed to do, who came after him? Who was in the storm? Who was in with him in the belly of the whale? God was. God was in the storm. He He sent the whale to meet Jonah because God is a God of second chances. He's a God of second chances for you and for me and for Jonah. But Jonah needed to learn God's grace in order to bring the grace to the Ninevites. And it's often the case, right? There's some of us even here that say, how could God use someone like me who's running or have run to the extent that I have run from God that consistently maybe do things that I know I'm not supposed to do? How could God use someone like me for mission? God is a God of second chances, and he comes to you, he comes to me right now in this church this morning. Oftentimes, God uses those that are broken, or another way to say it, those that are broken the most are usually the best ones for God's mission. And so if that's us this morning, know he's a God of second chances and surrender to him this morning. Surrender to him and say, Lord, I'm broken. I need you. Now send me. As was the case with Nineveh, miraculous healing needed to happen for that nation. Nineveh got that healing. And whether or not we get that healing for our nation, 
largely depends on how we as Christians, we as Christians respond moving forward here. That is knowing that running from God, even on a daily basis, not doing what we're supposed to do on a daily basis, always creates a mess, not only for us, but for those around us. Secondly, do we know repentance? Do we know God is a God of second chances? His grace that he pursues relentlessly. The reason Nineveh changed is because the, the gospel touched their lives. We must be, us this morning, we must be more convicted that the gospel transforms not only lives, but the gospel transforms nations. And as God called Jonah, as we hear in the gospel today, God calls four lowly fishermen to go out on mission. So is the case with you and me. Let us learn these lessons that Jonah had to learn before he become a city changer and world changer so that you and I become world changers.